Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Salm, and each week I bring you an inspiring athlete's story of perseverance or expert knowledge in the field of sports health and safety. Just like flipping a coin, you can't control what happens to you in sports or in life. You can always control how you respond. This is my response after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game, and I hope it leaves you feeling both inspired and informed. And welcome to the Heads and Tails Podcast. Uh, this week I'm going solo, so if this is your first time to the podcast, be sure to go back to headsandtails.org and check out some of the other interesting interviews with athletes who have overcome great adversity and have shown great perseverance uh, throughout their lives, and also gr- some of the great health experts that we've had on here in terms of you know sports psychology, sports nutrition, sports rehab and performance. Um, there's a lot of stuff for a lot of different types of athletes and, and non-athletes. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, a recent injury to uh, NFL wide receiver. His name is Jordy Nelson. Uh, last week uh, on Wild Card Weekend, the Green Bay Packers, uh, Jordy Nelson's team, were playing the uh, New York Giants. And uh, in this game, uh, Jordy Nelson suffered a, um, a game ending, and he's going to be out this week too, uh, injury to his ribs. Now, you know, it wasn't just like any it wasn't just like your any ordinary, you know, hit out there. It was, as soon as I saw it, it was like blatant bush league hit that, and it really struck a chord with me. And I really have felt pretty passionately about this particular hit all week, and I haven't really been able to stop thinking about it. I made some posts about it during the game and stuff like that, but it's something that I want to discuss because I feel like the NFL didn't do what they could have done to make the game safer and to really show the right message to the young football players and athletes um, growing up in the United States. So just a little background on, on Jordy. Actually, you know what? Before we get to the background on Jordy, we're into, I just want to tell you guys that I am a Packers fan, and a lot of times when things happen to the Packers players, you know, I get a little fired up and I decide I want to talk about them. Now, I know that this happens on players from other teams and stuff like that. I don't want to discredit that, but since being a Packers fan, I generally watch Green Bay Packers games. So I watch what happens in the games, I get fired up, and then I want to talk about it. So this may come out a little biased, but it's for a good reason and for, you know, I want to make football safer. I want to see football continue to be played, but I want want to see it played in a safe manner. This is also a good time to tell you guys that um, although if you're listening to this, you might want to go over to headsandtails.org backslash podcast and backslash 60 is going to be episode number 60 and check out the show notes for this episode, uh, mostly because I'm going to have a lot of um, article links and videos and pictures that could really add to the effect of this whole um, conversation with myself, which is kind of weird. But anyway, so back to Jordan Nelson. So he's a Packers wide receiver. Um, he's leading the team with 97 catches for 1,257 yards, 14 touchdowns, and he broke, as I said, as I mentioned before, he broke his ribs after Leon Hall, uh, one of the Giants' defensive backs, um, lowered the crown of his helmet into Nelson's body in an attempt to break up a pass. Now, Leon Hall was not fined, although the NFL uh, rules prohibit, and I quote, lowering the head and making forcible contact with the crown or hairline parts of the helmet against any part of a defenseless receiver's body. To me, after reviewing this play, and if you go into the show notes, this video of this hit will be on there. Um, It was blatantly a defenseless receiver. It's Jordy Nelson trying to catch a ball. Um, Didn't see the defender coming in, and the defender then ramming his head into his um, ribs while his arms were outstretched. So, to me... 
this this pisses me off for multiple reasons. Number one, it's completely unnecessary. If if Leon Hall decided to put his head, you know, to the side, to the right, or to the left, um, and, and just knocked him out of bounds. Either way, you know, Jordan Nelson's probably not getting hurt. And at the same time, uh, Leon Hall is placing himself in really great danger by lowering his head into someone's body for number one um, damage to his brain, which obviously in the NFL. It's a hot topic, you know, for the last few years in terms of chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, and just concussions in general. And also, by lowering your head into someone or uh, an object, you're putting yourself at risk um, for a spinal cord injury. And we've had Eric Legrand on this show, and he talks about, you know, how he kind of lowered his head into the tackle that ultimately paralyzed him. So, to me, it seems like it's a win-win by, you know, not lowering your head into someone. You know, like you save yourself and you save the player. And when you think about it, if you reverse the roles, so say, you know, Leon Hall's put a wide receiver and then Jordy Nelson has the opportunity to make that tackle, like, what would you want Jordy Nelson to do to you? Would you want him to ram his face mask into your ribs and break your ribs so, you know, you're out of that game, out of the next game? Like... I, I highly doubt it. You know, this is both of their livelihoods. And in the NFL, you know, I think their average career is less than, you know, three years on average. So you're trying to make a lot of money in a short period of time and nothing's guaranteed. You know, you you don't know if the next the next game is going to be your last or if you're still going to have five or six more years in the league. Um, there's a lot of unknowns in there. So why would you put yourself in the situation to, you know, uh, compromise that or increase the chances that that career is going to be cut short. I also think that this is an incidence where I feel like Leon Hall probably did this because, you know, he was taught, you know, from a young age, the importance of, you know, sacrificing your body for the good of the team. And now Leon Hall is a 10-year veteran in the NFL. And I think this is really displaying this old school mentality of intentionally trying to injure people. And this is what I'm trying to you know, change in the culture of sports, you know, that's like not a cool thing to do. And I feel like that by the NFL not punishing uh, Leon Hall by giving him a fine or the refs throwing a penalty, because um, it really is the definition of what their rules are. Just because he didn't get hit in the head doesn't mean he wasn't defensive receiver, right? Or that it shouldn't be a penalty. So, but anyway, this is where I'll actually defend uh, Leon Hall because, you know, because he is a veteran, because he has that old school mentality, this is really all that he knows. This is all that he's been taught his entire life, and he's essentially been, you know, brainwashed to sacrifice his body and put himself in compromising positions that could really injure him and injure other people. Because that's what was, you know, glorified throughout his career, and that's what, you know, he tried to do to impress his coaches, his teammates, his. Um, friends, his parents, whatever it might be. So I want to stick up for him with that. Um, but this particular instance really reminded me of an article that was written back in 2009 by Malcolm Gladwell, who's a journalist and author. He writes for The New Yorker. And he's a really smart dude. He's written a ton of, uh, of books, which will all be linked up in the show notes. Um, but he, he put a really interesting uh, spin on this concussion idea. So the article is really about concussions and CTE and playing injured, but this is also around the time when Michael Vick was in trouble for the dogfighting. So he actually compared how football is actually similar to dogfighting. The title of this article is How Different Are Football and Dogfighting, obviously. 
So I'm just going to talk about a couple of quotes that he talks about. And it, it really, when I think about these quotes, it, it's so true. And when I think about back to my own football career and like, it's exactly that same mindset that essentially ended my career. Um, and if this is your first time coming to the show, I suffered a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game that ended my football career. And it was largely due to the type of player that I was trying to run people over seeking contact, you know, doing those glorified big hits. Um, and I, I, I regret it, you know, now. And I'm trying to teach other young athletes to not make the same mistake that I made. So first quote, okay. So in dog fighting, I'm sorry, in a fighting dog, the quality prized above all others is the willingness to persevere even in the face of injury and pain. A dog that will not do this is labeled a cur, and abandoned. So a cur, the definition of that, I had to look it up, is worthless. And a dog that keeps charging at its opponents is said to possess quote-unquote gameness, and game dogs are revered. So that's essentially, he's saying that, you know, the players on the field are the pit bulls, you know, in this dog fighting ring. And the coaches, and I would even say, you know, the media and the fans are the owners of these of these uh, of these athletes, and what these athletes try to do is just to to please their owner. Um, so they'll do anything at that cost, and that that includes you know their body, and if that includes bodily harm or, or whatever that might be. So what he also goes on to say is that organizations that select for gameness, like the NFL and like the Marines and the military and um, other you know macho type industries. They, they have a responsibility that comes with that, you know, that gameness, you know, that, that this for selecting with that gameness. And, you know, basically, if you have a guy that would run through a brick wall, if you told him to do, and I know I was that kind of player, I know plenty of players that have come across during my times as an athlete and also with Rutgers football and, you know, with, with the Jets. I, you see those guys who would do anything that you tell them to do, you know, and they'll sacrifice their body, they'll do anything they need to do to get the job done. And the last thing on their mind is their own well-being. So when I think about that, you know, it's it's like I don't think people understand the power that they have over these athletes. Um, you know, with if you're talking about the media, when you – when you highlight the big hits on TV, you know, they kind of got away from the jacked up segment on ESPN and for, for good reason. Cause a lot of those hits were, were illegal. Um, but I know from my own personal perspective, you know, I wanted my coaches and, and my teammates to think that I was tough. And, you know, I was a fullback and a linebacker, two positions that are known for, you know, really hard hitting. And I, you know, won the award like multiple times, almost on a weekly basis of, you know, hardest hit of the game. And I feel like that was my role on the team. So I saw after contact, I was, I was a running back that didn't run away from people. I I saw someone, especially if there was a a safety or a a defensive back that I thought that I could have a good chance of running over and making a big hit on and getting my team excited, I was going to do it. And I didn't care, but eventually, you know, that really, you know, caught up to me. And you know, when I think about what, um, you know, when I think about what Leon Hall did, you know, I, that's exactly what I used to do. And, you know, I I'm, can't really blame the guy, you know, because I kind of grew up in that same old school mentality of, of football era. But this is why I'm here to, you know, try to make a difference and try to change that, that mentality. 
But going back to the gameness idea, um, the definition of gameness is a dog's desire to please an owner at any expense to itself. So when we talk about injuries, you know, um, and playing injured and how that's kind of glorified in the media and, you know, just in American culture in, in general, that, that leads to further injury. And just from my own personal experience with that, you know, I, in my, I think it was game two of my senior year before I, I had the head injury. I was trying to be a freaking caveman like always and run people over, and eventually I separated my shoulder. So because I separated that shoulder, I stopped using it, and I started favoring my other shoulder, which eventually led to me hurting that shoulder. And then, as you can imagine, I had nothing else to hit with but my head, So, which makes sense of why I got a concussion, and then why I didn't stop playing with the headaches that I was having, and which is why I suffered from second impact syndrome and nearly killed myself. So the, and the, I was definitely one of those those pitbulls. I was a, a, a trying to be, you know, a dog that possesses gameness. And I, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that they, they called Jory Nelson out for, for this week's game against the Cowboys, because, you know, it's, it's stupid to, to, to play injured and to, to risk your, your livelihood. And he even spent the night in the hospital, you know, you know, you couldn't, you don't know if he could have had internal bleeding or any kind of like organ damage or something. And it's, it's crazy that, you know, that you have, you know, ESPN sports commentators like Mark Schlereth, who played in the NFL, definitely is an old school mentality guy, you know, saying that guys like Jordy need to be comfortable with the needle, saying that you need to like shoot up with painkillers just to get yourself out there. Like, that's just so stupid. You know, that's just how you hurt yourself even worse. And my message to athletes, especially when it comes to concussions, is you can either sit out today or this game or you can sit out for the rest of your life. And that, that's your decision that's the kind of mentality that I'm trying to change. You know, before I had my second impact syndrome, I took a handful of, um, you know, for Advil before the game to try to mask the pain. You know, this is obviously to a different degree, but I also didn't have access to a needle. And I'm sure if you ask my 17 year old self, if I, you know, had the opportunity to take a needle injection to make my head stop hurting me, I sure as shit would have, you know? So I just hope that, you know, this episode and, you know, in the future, the NFL starts making more strides towards making, you know, the hits like Leon Halls and, you know, even the, the, the sports commentators, like they have a role in what kids are listening to and what, you know, what quote unquote toughness really is, which I'm going to get to a little later. More recently, uh, Malcolm Gladwell and Bill Simmons, who's a sports journalist, um, talked about another injury that caused a lot of commotion in the NFL was uh, Lou Keekley. Uh, his concussion. He played. He's a linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, and this was a few weeks ago where uh, Keekley suffered a concussion, and he could visibly be seen crying uh, as he was being carted off the field. Now, to me, you know, I kind of this one struck a chord with me too because. You know, I, I see the pain in his eyes, and at the time, it's not just because it was a concussion. Why I feel like he was crying, um, which obviously it's it's all I'm guessing. I, I can't say for a fact. Um, I'm not a neurologist. I, I'm not anything. But when I put myself back in those kind of situations, when I had to sit out for, you know, I bruised my ribs in, in a game, and I felt I still feel bad about. It. I still feel like I was I wussed out of a game that we ended up losing and had we won we would have made the playoffs this and that is my junior season so it's something that I still am kind of self-conscious about but at the same time I feel like he was upset and was visibly upset because he feel he was feeling like he wasn't game right he wasn't that pitbull who was you know 
unstoppable and willing to to fight in the face of you know injury or whatever kind of you know adversity came came in his way, and you know he might have been felt like he was being labeled as a, a cur. And like I said, I'm just guessing. Um, but also in in this article, I think it was actually a podcast episode, which I'll also put up in in the show notes if you guys want to take a listen to it. But between these two, um, you know, really brilliant minds, um, they talked about a recent boxing match with a guy named Nicholas Walters. He he's an undefeated boxer, I think, in the um, featherweight division. Um, but basically, it, what they talked about was that in in a recent boxing match, Walter, he quit before the eighth round and he admitted, quote unquote, that he was too rusty. It was only going to get worse. I didn't want to take any more punishment. I'll get him next time. You know, so that's, that's a boxer and some, you know, boxers are supposed to be these tough guys. Like that's their thing. They just get, you, you roll with the punches. Like that's why they, they say those kinds of things. So, you know, he was showing that to him at that point in time, it just wasn't worth the risk. And that's a, a person's you're kind of getting away from that gameness mentality and kind of thinking about your long-term, you know, health and longevity. And, you know, this could be a trend in athletes no longer feeling compelled to be, you know, as game as dogs are. And I think that that's progress. And they, they talk about how that's, you know, a great um, step in the right direction. Now, if we could just start doing that in football, I think that would be even better. And this is why I'm upset that the NFL didn't, you know, Number one, they didn't throw a flag, but I can kind of get it. Like you know, they're hypersensitive to the helmet-to-helmet hits and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, you know that it's still to their definition that that should have been a penalty. You know, he he led with the crown of his head, and to me, it, it was with the intention to hurt. And I, like I said before, I almost don't blame um, Leon Hall for for what he did, just because of the environment that he grew up in and that that I grew up in. Um, but I think this was a missed opportunity to to make the game safer. I really do. And obviously one of my missions of this podcast is to change the culture of toughness in sports. So what what I kind of want to close out this uh, podcast episode with is a couple things. Number one, I want to talk about um, an up-and-coming rookie running back, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He's the running back for the Dallas uh, Cowboys. And... I, one th- I really like how he runs, and I, I always am more conscious about when I watch running backs, you know, are, are these guys going to last? You know, like these are positions where obviously the point of the game is to tackle them, and tackling obviously can injure someone. So running backs generally don't last very long in the NFL. But some things I look for are, you know, are they trying to run people over? Are they really hard runners and, you know, fighting for that extra inch every five seconds? And you know what, I think Ezekiel Elliott is a perfect example of like the perfect balance of, you know, running hard and running smart. And I really do think that there's a difference. And obviously he's tremendously talented. He has all the speed. He has all that stuff. And like myself, like I didn't have that breakaway speed. So my thing was I ran people over, you know, could I have probably juke some people out? I'm sure I could have. Um, but I chose not to because the glory of the game taught me to run people over. That's what I got rewarded for. And that's what kind of made me feel whole. So in the show notes, I included some highlights of uh, Ezekiel Elliott's runs this season. And I I was studying them for how he ran the ball. So obviously he's very fast. So he outruns a lot of people. But what I noticed was that when he does lower his shoulder, it's either for one of two reasons. He's either trying to protect himself or he's at the goal line and he's trying to score a touchdown. So 
to me, those are the only two reasons that you should be lowering your shoulder into someone, into a defender. So if you're a running back listening to this, you know, don't do what I did. You're never, you're not going to last. Um, if you want to have a long career, watch Ezekiel Elliott run because that dude runs the way you should run. Um, you know, if you're on the 50-yard line, you shouldn't be seeking out a safety to run over. You know, try to make a move in the open field. But when you get down to the goal line and you don't have that room to to make to make those moves, then by all means, lower your shoulder. But you know, try to limit the, that that exposure and, and and those hits. Lastly, I think it's appropriate to end this podcast episode with um, what I'm trying to you know promote as the definition of toughness. And this is something that I learned from uh, Bill Anthes from uh, episode number 54. If you want, I'm going to link that up in the show notes if you want to take a look. Um, but he's the man who really taught me what toughness is. And, you know, my whole life, I always thought that toughness was playing hurt or lifting the heaviest weight or, you know, being these like macho alpha male type stereotypes that like that to me in my head was tough. But, you know, what I learned through his between the ears, you know, immersion is that Everyone has the ability to be tough. You have the choice every single day when you wake up to be tough. You can either decide to engage in whatever activity that, you know, is in front of you that day. You know, whether that for me is, you know, rehabbing my knee or, you know, getting my, my work done at work or working on a podcast or trying to write up questions for an interview. You know, doing those activities to, to get yourself better and to improve yourself and doing it aggressively. You know, and don't doing it half ass. And to me, when I was playing hurt and doing all that stuff and, you know, I was working at like 50% of my, you know, capacity, that wasn't being tough. Like anyone could do that. Anyone could do that. That's easy. The tough part is doing, you know, is doing things to make yourself better and to, to do it with an aggressive purpose. You know, like when you're out there playing, you know, with a bum shoulder or a bum ankle or a bum whatever, you know, like you're not doing anything aggressively. You're just trying to like protect your, your limb. Right. So I, I want to teach people that it, it's not tough. Like you're more man to say that you're hurt than you are to, you know, suck it up and, and try to hide and, you know, you know, hide your symptoms and stuff like that, especially when it comes to concussions, you know, those are easy things to hide. So I, I hope that this episode, you know, maybe opens your mind to some different ideas in American culture. Um, I hope it also, you know, can make the sport of football safer. Like, I don't want to see football go away. There's tons of great things about football. And I just think that unnecessary hits like the one that Leon Hall made on Jordy Nelson are really easy ways to make it safer, you know. And I always think back to reversing the roles, right? How would you want to be hit if you were the, the receiver instead of, instead of the safety initiating that hit? Like, that guy doesn't see you. And you know, the, before I, I close, you know, I wrote an article a few years back for the knockout project, which is Jay, Jay Fraga's, um, blog about concussions. And I've always been super passionate about this defenseless receiver rule. Like it just always like got me really fired up because I just, I'll never understand why guys will intentionally try to hurt people. So like, yeah, don't go for his head, but then don't go for his knee either. And like when you have a guy who doesn't see you coming, you, ha- you have an ability to hit a certain, like, strike zone, you know, that won't injure him, won't injure you. You know, if you're going for a guy's knee, you're putting your head down. There's no other way to do it. So you're putting yourself at risk for a spinal cord injury or a brain injury. And, you know, to me, there's just no, you know, that's a lose-lose situation trying to do that. So, 
you know, wrap him up the right way, put your head to the side, save yourself, save the, save the, the receiver, and we all win here. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I would love to hear your opinions on the Leon Hall hit on Jordy Nelson. I mean, you know, my opinion, obviously, is that I think it was a dirty hit, but at the same time, I was just talking to my buddy Evan, um, and he thought differently, and I, I kind of see his way, his view also. You know, he was saying that, you know, his arms, you know, had he caught the ball, his arms would have been down protecting his ribs, and then therefore, you know, uh, Leon Hall's helmet would have went into his arms as opposed to his ribs. So I, I see, I see, I see it from from all directions, but I would love to hear your opinion on it so definitely go over to headsandtails.org backslash podcast backslash 60 to see what all the fuss is about about this hit